A reading from Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Hi, everybody. Christ is risen. And if this were an ordinary Easter, you probably would have responded either because you knew the response or because it was printed on your bulletin. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In fact, why don't we try it right now? I'll say my part, and then I'll pause to listen for yours. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Good! If this were an ordinary Easter, I'd be standing in Emmanuel's pulpit for this sermon, looking out at a full congregation of people, seated shoulder to shoulder, and looking more spiffed up than ever. Back when I was a child, Easter was one of the two times a year when the Wilfred kids got new shoes. We got one pair when school began in September, and then another at Easter, as our feet would grow, and those would become our good shoes, while the old and worn ones would become our play shoes. That's right, I'm old. Same was true for our clothes. Part of an ordinary Easter has always been to dress up in your finest and look your best. If this were an ordinary Easter, we'd stand together and sing great Easter hymns. Why, we'd probably need to sing at least three of them to fill the time that was required for everybody to file forward for Holy Communion. And during the offering, I would slip out of the chancel and put on that fancy white chasuble, pulling it over my head, that one with the gold and red cross on the front. If this were an ordinary Easter, Claire would have at least four or five musicians playing two or three preludes. The choir would have sung a rousing anthem. Claire would have shaken the rafters and light fixtures with a powerful postlude. And then, after having thrown everything but the kitchen sink into that service for nearly an hour and a half, those who didn't head right home afterward would go down to our gym for a cup of coffee and to finish up some of the leftover casserole from the Easter brunch. That's what we'd be doing if this was an ordinary Easter Sunday. 
but of course, it's not. This instead is an extraordinary Easter Sunday in every sense of that word. Extraordinary, unusual, outside or far beyond the ordinary. Almost nothing about this Easter is like any Easter I've ever known. None of the ordinary things that I mentioned will or can happen on this Easter day. Thanks to a global pandemic, thanks to the fact that we care enough about one another's health and well-being, that we're keeping our distance and staying apart and staying home, an ordinary Easter is one of the many things that we have given up for Lent this year, now beyond Lent. And of course, there is much that is sad about that. Much to miss, much to mourn, especially given the sickness and loss of life around us. As well as much to fear, given all of the unknowns about the days ahead. But instead of just being sad and worried while missing our ordinary Easter, how about today we just try and claim this as an extraordinary Easter? an Easter far beyond the ordinary, outside the routine, and claim for all that it's worth the unusualness of this moment in our lives, alongside of that timeless good news of Jesus' resurrection. How about this year we focus our attention on just how extraordinary were the events that are told about in our gospel story, and what an extraordinary message Easter brings to our hurting and troubled and in too many cases, dying world. How about instead of just missing all the traditions and the habits and the flowers and the family feasts, we focus instead on what isn't different this year. Focus on the flat out extraordinary story of Jesus Christ crucified and risen. A dead man escaping from a guarded tomb, a stone rolled away, a discovery that sent women running to tell others a whole new reality being raised up from death right before our eyes. Matthew's Easter story is, after all, a most extraordinary account. Having been through so many ordinary Easter's, most of us may not even notice the odd details that Matthew describes. But maybe this year, without all of the other distractions, we can see them more clearly and hear what they tell us about this day. Two women came to the tomb that Easter morning, not with spices to anoint a dead body, according to Matthew, but just to see the tomb for themselves. The focus is on them as witnesses. Only they're not the only ones there. Matthew is the only gospel that tells us that the tomb has been guarded by soldiers ever since Jesus' burial. Guarded to prevent a theft of Jesus' body that it was feared could create a deception that he had been raised. But as it turns out, even in the verses beyond this morning's story, it is the guards themselves who have to create a deception after what happens next. They have to create a lie that Jesus' body was stolen while they, while they were asleep on the job. Because just then, as the women arrive, there's an earthquake and an angel that looks as bright as lightning in snow comes and rolls the stone away and sits on top of it. 
The guards, we're told, have their own little internal earthquakes and they fall to the ground as if they were dead. And just when you'd expect Jesus, with the stone now rolled away, to come walking out of the tomb like Lazarus did just a couple of weeks ago, the angel says the most extraordinary thing. He's already gone. Jesus was risen and out of the tomb even before the stone got rolled away. He's been raised, the angel says. He's already on the way to Galilee. In fact, those two women better run and tell his disciples to go and catch up with him there. So they do, with what Matthew calls an extraordinary mix of fear and great joy, until they run into Jesus himself as they go, who simply repeats what the angel said, go to Galilee, I'll see all of you there. If this were an ordinary Easter, this preacher would now try, as all preachers do, to find some way to make this ancient story fresh and new. Maybe to talk about those places where Jesus promises to meet us, pointing to places and situations in life where our risen Lord today has already gone ahead of us and waits for us. Certainly something about how this event secures God's victory over sin and death for us and promises us eternal life. But on this extraordinary Easter, while all of that is still worth saying, all still most certainly true, I see other things in this story that I also want you to notice and ponder. First of all, that what really happened and what really matters in this story of Easter happened in the dark, with nobody watching, nobody seeing, and nobody knows how. Before the two Marys arrived, before the earthquake, before the stone was rolled away, before the soldiers quaked, and before the angel appeared, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Today I urge you to make note of that, and remember that in the darkness of this extraordinary Easter, when the death counts are what, please God, is likely the highest they're going to be, when we worry about maybe being closer to the beginning of this pandemic than to its end, and when we can't even mourn our losses in anything close to an ordinary way, Christ is already risen. Christ is risen indeed. We may feel stuck in the middle of a nightmare, but God in the risen Christ has already come out the other side and will be waiting for us when we get there. The light of that angel shines, even in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Second, what God did on Easter morning was something new, something really new, something extraordinarily new, something far better than just putting things back to the way they had been before Jesus was crucified, something more than just giving Jesus his old life back or promising us the same. The risen Christ did not go back to Galilee to resume his ministry of going from town to town, healing people and telling them that God's kingdom had come near. He went back there to commission his disciples to baptize in his name and to teach what he'd commanded. And while he promised to be with them, 
It would be as a risen and ascended Lord who comes in the new and extraordinary way of the wind and fire of Pentecost. So today I also urge you to notice that newness and difference of that first Easter day. And remember that in the weeks and months, maybe even years to come from our, for us, there is likely to be little that is ordinary and a great deal that will be new and different. In other words, it's not enough for us to ask for or expect the God of Easter to simply restore things to the way they were. Even if it was the way we liked it, or the way we'd gotten used to it, or the way even we prefer it. When one Jesus was crucified, a new one was raised. When the earth quakes and shifts and new terrain is created, when soldiers make up lies and women who weren't even allowed to testify in court in those days tell plain truth, and when disciples who fled and abandoned Jesus are now called his brothers, you know that nothing is the way that it was before. It's more like you've awakened to a whole new world, and it's going to take some time before anything seems anywhere close to ordinary again. My friends, it may sound very ordinary and expected in, each, in Easter to hear a preacher say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. It's even ordinary for you to respond, Christ is risen indeed, Alleluia. But this year, this Easter, I hope it sounds like extraordinary good news. Like something God did even before we woke up. Something we can run toward with hope knowing that our risen Lord is already there waiting for us. A new life in a new and different world where nothing is ordinary, nothing is as it was before, but instead all things are made new. Happy Easter, dear church. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Have a happy and an extraordinary Easter. Amen.